Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? In this episode of Movie Time, Blake and I are talking about Thor Love and Thunder. How is it? How did it compare to Ragnarok? Is Taika Waititi the right and correct director for this franchise? How was the humor? Was it too much? Was it too little? How was the action? How was the villain? Weak or strong? How was the chemistry between Jane Foster, that is Natalie Portman, and Chris Hemsworth's Thor? Was it great to see Natalie Portman back? Was it worth the wait? Any surprising cameos? And how about them post credit scenes? Well, we're going to talk about all of that. Thor, Love and Thunder. We're going to stop talking, Renee. Let's just get to the show. All right. Here we go. (laughs) Sorry. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, what's going on? Welcome to a review edition of Movie Time. Got myself here, Renee, the low-key geek, and my buddy, Blake, the wolf. What's going on, Blake? Movie time is always a good time for a mm. good time. Call movie time. What is up, Renee? I just enjoyed, sat through, endured, loved two hours of Thor, love, mm-hmm. and thunder. And I'm happy to talk about that with you today. Yeah, uh, I'm, uh, yes. And if you've missed the intro, we are going to be talking about Thor, Love and Thunders, non-spoiler, and then some spoiler discussion. Um, keep an eye out on the prompts. I'll let you know when we're going to start talking, getting into spoiler territory there. And then you'll also see like a little thing in the screen. But uh, excited to talk to you as well, because I am very, very curious as to what you may have thought of this movie. Uh, you might be surprised about how what I think. Uh, who knows? We'll see. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and if you are new to the channel or listening to this for the first time, welcome aboard. Uh, this is Movie Time, where two guys just get together and talk about movies every week. And we, at times, do these reviews together, uh, as well as talk about just anything movie-related and all that. We bullshit. We joke around. We have fun. We have a good time. And we try to hawk and promote uh, Blake's letterbox account. But uh, if you like what you see and you want to hear more or watch more, make sure subscribe to the channel there on YouTube. Hit that like button. Make sure to touch that notification bell so that you could be notified every time a new video is uploaded. And then for audio listeners, you can find the Loki Geek channel there on your podcast platform of choice and download this episode and many others directly from there. Let's talk about the latest and greatest from Marvel and Disney, Thor, Love and Thunder. It is the fourth movie, fourth in the Thor quote-unquote franchise or um, series of movies there. It's the only, he's the only Marvel character that has this many movies dedicated just for him. Um, So this definitely marked a a big milestone there for uh, the Marvel character. Um, the great thing about this movie that a lot of people are excited for is because Taika Waititi returns to direct this movie after doing Ragnarok, um, which was Thor 3. 
And I think I I really, really like the change in the Thor character at that moment. Because, you know, for the longest time, they've been trying to push Thor as this very serious, um, you know, god and everything like that. And, but I think later on, they realized, wow, Chris Helmsworth is actually really funny. And he's a good delivery when it comes to comedy and all that. And they start to play around with it more. Um, and then more and more, as you could see, Thor becoming a you know pretty funny person um, with his uh, quips and the way he observes human life and everyday instances and all that stuff like that. Taika Waititi stepped in and took on full reign of turning Thor into this comedic character in the MCU. Um, there was still a lot of, you know seriousness and you know Thor dealing with the loss of his brother and you know the loss of his mom and his dad and you know and Asgard fell and everything like that so it's basically like the loss of everything um and then we saw him take a, another more serious turn when the Avengers movies came out Infinity War and Endgame um because you could see he's dealing with a lot uh, especially with what happened and everything um Thor Love and Thunder pretty much picks up uh, immediately after the events of uh, Ragnarok. Is it Ragnarok? No. Um, I want to say I think the ending of Endgame. Because at the end of Endgame, we see him team up with the Guardians of the Galaxy and then they kind of fly off and we don't know what was going to happen after that. And the so, Fat Thor thing where his body technically starts off right. Fat Thor in this one, which isn't a spoiler. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, you could see all that stuff in the trailer and everything like that. His body is spoiled, but it's that's not a spoiler. Right, right, yeah. Um, so it takes off, you know, immediately after that. I will say that I was not a huge fan of this movie. And um, for reasons I will say is because I love Taika Waititi. I think he is one of the funniest guys in Hollywood. Um, I do like his uh, content you know, as far as movies are concerned and, and TV programming. The humor is good when it comes to certain subjects. Um, I think this was too much Taika Waititi. Um, I think like it, if you were to compare this and Ragnarok, the Taika level in Ragnarok was probably like a good, you know, seven six or seven right because there was still a good mix of seriousness and some drama and all that stuff like that this is like nine if not ten mm. as far as like the taika humor and the the taika sense of directing because i felt like for the good at least what 20 minutes or 30 minutes it was all jokes it was just all quirkiness and joking and you know especially like when when, again not spoilers because you could see this in the trailer like when he's with the guardians of the galaxy it's just like there's no break there's no break with the humor it's just one after the other one after the other, bomb 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 funny funny quip 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 all that stuff like that and i thought a lot of it was actually pretty cheesy and corny i kind of rolled my eyes a lot in this movie and if i did laugh Half of the time I laughed because I thought the thing was so stupid that I couldn't believe that they're doing it or that someone said something or whatever the case is. Um, so, you know, that's definitely one of the reasons why I was not a huge fan of this movie. Um, and then there was some like 
choices as far as like character choices and all that stuff like that. Um, and we'll, we'll talk more about that in the spoiler territory there. Um, but I was definitely not so fond of some of the character choices and some of the kind of, I, I guess, lore choices as well. Um, like as far as like current Asgard and all that stuff like that. Um, so, but I was still entertained. I will say I was still entertained. It wasn't a terrible movie. It's just not one of, you know, in my opinion, not one of Marvel's strongest, um, especially recently. And I think if you've watched the the episode where we talked about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, you know, we, we kind of mentioned or we talked briefly about are we starting to get to that point where superhero movies are, you know, there's a bit too much, right? And maybe, you know, the the thrill factor is somewhat gone or whatever the case is. And, you know, with Doctor Strange, I was kind of like 50-50 on how I felt about that movie too. And I think we mentioned it's really, really going to, it's interesting to see what will happen when Thor comes out. Because when Thor comes out and you hear the mixed feelings again, then we may get we may be getting to that point where all right should marvel rethink some things or maybe the marvel formula is not working for maybe just me right because i do feel like the general movie going audience are going to love this movie people who are not fully invested in the thor comics and all the stuff that happens in the comics and maybe are looking for a more serious thor if they love all that comedy and they wanted more of that from ragnarok then they're going to love this movie because you get this times 10, really. Um, but yeah, those are just initial thoughts there from me. Uh, Blake, take it away. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you're going to say about it all. Well, I'm going to fight the good fight for those who can't fight good. Uh, to quote Taika Waititi's character in the movie Thor, colon, love and thunder. Um, I enjoyed it greatly, and I am basically target audience for Thor Ragnarok. It's maybe my top two, top three MCU movies, Ragnarok is, and I did not mind the humor. I genuinely love Taika Waititi and his work. There's been, there's a time, I think it was post Jojo Rabbit, where I said, let me just watch as much Taika Waititi as I can. Mm-hmm. I was watching short films that he made when he was younger, um, and then I remember like Eagle versus Shark when that came out in theaters. 2007 i remember watching that one back then so with my like indie dry humor deadpan sensibilities my love for humor in these movies the thors that take themselves too seriously i don't love and i also don't i i'm not predisposed to enjoy um god movies so like egyptian gods and x-men when that's the bad Mm -hmm. guy i don't enjoy that or moon knight uh didn't love that aspect um, movies where there's Roman or Greek gods as main characters. It's not really something that, it's, for whatever reason, it feels a little unreal or unbelievable or almost silly. Um, mm-hmm. And so them taking the piss a little bit and Taika Waititi doing his thing, I enjoy that. I think the more Taika Waititi, the more I would enjoy these movies. As far as lore goes, I actually can't speak to that. That's something that you, being more familiar with the comics and the different roads they could have taken and character choices they could have taken, you might be... I, I, I'm going to ask you to speak on that more. Sure. Um, but first, I love Taika Waititi's whole thing, and what we do in the shadows to me is comedy gold. Jojo Rabbit is was one of my favorite movies that year, and I think I would have put it as like my choice for um, best picture, at least top 
few mm -hmm. options. Um, in general, want, I want more Taika all the time. This one, um, I, I noted that it was more comedy, but I also, to me, it was darker too at points. And what's interesting, what Taika Waititi can do, which very front of the screen in Jojo Rabbit, is take something that's mm -hmm. dark and put it next to something that's funny. And yeah. without, and the dry comedy is good for that. Taika Waititi is really good at that. In this movie, you have the opening scene. I was expecting it to be more silly, fun times, Ragnarok stuff. And the opening scene, uh, I actually, maybe I shouldn't say it. Yeah, um, we're not in spoiler territory yet. I, I, I won't do spoilers, but basically someone's going through a really difficult time. And yeah, yeah and that's <clears> like <throat> five minutes. I'm just sitting there like, to me, honestly, there were times in this movie where it wasn't necessarily funny enough. Um, but they did combine those well. And I'm glad that he was given that opportunity. I am someone who when tragedy strikes, I look for gallows humor and I look mm -hmm. for comic relief. So I like that they handled the seriousness, uh, some serious moments of this movie, bouncing it out with humor. Um, there's maybe a few things that felt a little too silly. It didn't feel as funny as Ragnarok. It definitely wasn't as psychedelic as Ragnarok, which I loved about Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. um, this one, there was the color schemes at times were just black and white, kind of, even just because of what planet they were on. And, um, Overall, the, the the action was pretty solid. Um, to to mainly to respond to your main issue with it, I can't speak to the lore, but love the Taika Waititi of it all. Um, I think it was a lot better than some recent Marvel entries, which is an ongoing discussion. You're not wrong that if Marvel keeps getting mixed reviews and thumbs downs, at some point, like Star Wars had that issue. They were going to keep pumping yeah. out Star Wars movies, and they had to fully backpedal that plan. Yeah. If this happens now, one more time, two more times, who knows? I'm looking at their upcoming slate, and hopefully, if they screw these up, it'll be really bad. It'll be like, put, you know, halt the assembly line. But upcoming ones I'm looking at are um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. You can't mm -hmm. fuck that up. If you do, fire everyone. Ant-Man and the Wasp, which lighthearted. <laughs> a lot of people don't like the Ant-Mans. I love them. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. The Marvels and Fantastic Four. And in theory, that could be four or five home runs in a row. That, mm. Those are properties that are, are maybe not Ant-Man. It depends on, I like the Ant-Mans. But, but those lend themselves to being among the favorite franchises under the MCU. Um, and they could get that cachet back. And especially if we start to see things start to intertwine again, which we were seeing with the original phases, maybe we start to see that. And that might mean good things and if you have a couple of those becoming big hits people will say oh i'm glad i watched love and thunder even though i was kind of middling now i appreciate this moment in this other movie way more if that happens this could all be worth it as of right now i don't disagree uh whoever's counting checks over at marvel might say like hey guys maybe we should uh i don't know um but yeah those are my overall thoughts i think i gave it four stars on letterboxd but i'm a i'm a generous reviewer it's probably more like a 3.5 a three for most people but um i thought they did a good i'm pretty sure i gave ragnarok 4.5 or 5. to me it was not that good but it was my second favorite thor movie and mm -hmm. I, it's not gonna be a top five mcu movie but it definitely is in the top half whereas a few of the recent entries have been bottom half or like real like bottom of the barrel stuff so uh, that's my thoughts overall. Um, if someone's asking if they should see it, unless you're anti-MCU or anti-Thor, like, it was a fun time. Any any old person who can walk in that theater and, and enjoy themselves, it was definitely entertaining. 
Um, is it must must watch if you're not trying to watch all the MCU movies? If you're not a fan of these, if you're not a fan of Taika Waititi, then maybe not. I'm not sure I would tell someone who's just kind of a casual movie goer like, yeah, you got to see Thor. But if you're into any of that stuff, which so many people are, a lot of people are still on watching every MCU movie when it comes out. Appointment viewing, I'm I'm in that camp. It, it, then I think you won't be fully disappointed. But uh, I don't know. It's it's definitely possible. Um, I am biased yeah. to liking this movie. Yeah, and which is which is perfectly fine. And to be honest, I I thought you would, you know, because, you know, in our every time we have our discussions about like the Marvel movies, DC movies, or what have you, you you are not familiar with like the the origins. You know, you're not familiar with the comics and all that. And that's why we we do have a lot of conversation because you're asking questions, and I'm trying to explain in in deeper you know details and all that, and. You know, I think we've gotten to the point with the Marvel movies where, you know, they they could take some liberty, right, and maybe just go off script, uh, which uh, we've seen happen to some of the characters and some of the the choices throughout the the MCU run and all that, and they did that here as well. So no big surprise there. But I think when it comes to Thor, because um, in the comics he's not a, he's not a major goofball. You know, he is somewhat serious and all that. He finds himself in a lot of serious situations. Um, but th- sometimes that may not transfer well on the big screen and maybe not really go well with audiences. As you know, all, Because the Kenneth Branagh Thor, I thought, was brilliantly done. But it was trying so hard to be serious and trying a little bit too much to be Shakespearean in a way. And I felt like that threw a lot of people off. Number two was almost the same thing right and you know plus you add in a very poor villain or what have you like that and you know that no one really cared about at the end and you know you have that uh sidekick in darcy who takes up maybe way too much screen time for some people um you know like after watching um uh wandavision I thought her comedy was a little bit better there. And, you know, I, I think I've gotten used to it at that point where it doesn't bother me that much anymore. But I think, you know, Thor 2 was so early on that we weren't familiar with all that yet. You know, so I think it right. did throw some people off. But then when Ragnarok came out, I was like, wow, this is a breath of fresh air for the Thor franchise. Because now, knowing how f- funny, um, you know, Chris Helmsworth is. And knowing how that can really play well within the MCU, especially when he interacts with a lot of the Marvel characters, I don't mind seeing that a little bit more. You know, I don't mind having that good balance and mix, but that's the key, having a mix and a balance, you know. And I think this one just decided to just go way off on that side of of the spectrum. And um, I know when you watch movies like Guardians of the Galaxy, you do get that a lot. But, you know, James Gunn's humor is a little different from Taika Waititi's humor, right? So I do feel like it fits a movie like that for me personally. And I do like Taika a lot. I mean, Jojo Rabbit is definitely a masterpiece in my mind. And, I, you know, and again, like what you said, very tough subject matter and very, you know, serious dramatic scenes. And he pays good enough attention to that, but also mix in that kind of dry sense of humor you know the the good comedic timing even the way he portrays certain characters like they may not be um purposely funny but they just are right you mm-hmm. know and i think he does a really good job at that stuff here i just felt like everyone was trying to be funny 
you know, I felt like, you know, you had Gore, um, the main villain in this movie, trying to be funny and cute. You had Jane trying to be funny and cute. You had, of course, Thor trying to be funny and cute. And, you know, it's just like every character you met was trying to be funny and cute. And I feel like it, that's not necessary, you know, at least for me. Right. You know, but I do think that, you know, like yourself, a lot of people who are maybe not that huge diehard comic book fan, but still loves the MCU, they're going to probably really enjoy this movie. And that's why I do think this movie will still make a lot of money that, you know, Marvel, even though the, the reviews or the sentiments are mixed, if it's making money, they don't care. Right. So they're like, all right, this is still working. Let's go. All right. Next one, next one, next one. The minute it starts not making money, that's when, all right, maybe it's time to kind of flip the script a little bit like that. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, again, very curious about all of you who are watching and listening. You know, Thor, Love and Thunder, what are your thoughts about the, where Thor is now? Kind of like this, the change in the character. Because there is a big change in the character if you watched all the movies. He is now like that kind of like that really goofy, funny guy. Um, and when he never really, really, truly 100% started that way, right? So, um, you know, what are your thoughts on Ragnarok and how did that translate to the new movie? Um, did you enjoy the movie? Is this something that you haven't seen yet, but you're on the fence on or you haven't fully, you know, whatever the case. Or you just said, nope, I'm done with Marvel. That's about it. You know, the TV shows are enough or whatever, you know, all that stuff like that. Um, hot take. I do think this probably would have been better as a, t a limited TV series. Ooh, he said it. Yeah. He said yeah. It. I said it. Yeah. Just because, again, if if you want to take the time to make it funny and quirky and all that, give us more time with the characters then, hmm. you know, and all that. Because I didn't feel like for some, we didn't really get enough, you know. So the investment in whatever character choices and all that stuff like that is not always there for me. Um, just to so, clarify, yeah. you don't like humor or laughing. Is that is no? That is so right not now. true. That is so joy, not you true. You said joy is bad, laughing is bad. No, if no, you're no. Only laughs, then you're miserable. Is that no? I'm not sure if a YouTube video is the best place to have that conversation with someone. Maybe are you? Okay? Why do you hate laughter, Renee? I I need to know why. All right. Is why is laughter bad? All right, if we're if we're gonna be serious right now for a minute, you know, okay, no no fooling around, you know, I was uh, always told that laughing is not good in the household, so I had to keep all my emotions in check oh, no. when I was Renee. watching Looney Tunes no. and Disney no, cartoons. And what happened? What? Where am I? No, I don't. No, I, I'm not ready for this conversation. Please, no, oh, please go back to. <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> Seriously, I. I, I, I almost always want things to be funnier than not funny. Mm. Is your issue, because I think you're right. They said, oh, Chris Hemsworth actually is really good at that yeah. kind of humor. Whatever that is, he's amazing at it. Mm -hmm. It's a good business decision. Instead of just going like the serious Thor movies, I think they're more popular when you have humor involved. Sure. I also like laughing. Is it because it's like goes against the original character? Like, is it? Is it that it wasn't actually funny, but they were trying to be funny? That's different to me than there was too much comedy. What's what's the issue? Yeah, no, no I think, it. you know, again, I, I appreciate the Marvel humor. Marvel has always had humor in their movies, you know, and if timed properly, I think those things really land for me, 
you know like I'll never forget like one of the Avengers movies where you know Iron Man is flying around and you know they're they're trying to attack this um, this base or whatever and Iron, Tony Stark is just like uh, oh shit and then you just hear Captain America say language you know like like that kind of stuff like really I was like oh because I wasn't expecting it at that moment like right. oh that's really funny now when you have jokes and quirk like quirky witty comments one after the other for like 10 minutes then it's no longer like a you know a surprise it's no longer like a thing it's like oh my god we're still we're still joking we're in joke jokey mode right now and it's not stopping it it's like oh, okay and it's everybody you know like it, i understand like when you're in a group and let's say there are five of you not all five people are funny right usually you'll have three you know maybe half you know and they're the ones that like keep everyone laughing and all that for some reason in this movie everyone was the funny person or trying to be and not all the jokes landed for me you know i i did f feel my eyes roll uh to the back of my head several times you know i kind of just did one of these and honestly and we could talk about this real quick too as far as theater reactions are concerned after the serious moment that started the movie then when you start fully kicking into Thor mode, no one laughed for the first 25 minutes. Hmm. Wow. You know, which was, which I found shocking because I thought it was just me. I'm like, I'm not laughing here at all. The guy next to me kept snickering and doing, and doing one of those, <laughs> those like oh. that left and right. But yeah. then fast forward to another 15, 20 more minutes then people started to laugh at certain things and all that. So I don't know if people were ready, if people were just waking up, or maybe it just genuinely they didn't find a lot of that stuff funny, right? So I, it's a type like, of humor. Taika Waititi is building tension or something mm -hmm. that he is, can be good as like have trying to, kind of like the Judd Apatow thing, which it's, sure. I wouldn't be surprised if, Judd, if Taika Waititi took some cues of like, okay, do a serious vulnerable emotional thing, more of his indie movies than this stuff. Right. And then yeah. throw it to comedy, and if they were trying to build it up that way, I can't imagine you wanted a comedy that something that was this comedic to have thirty minutes of no laughter. And before right. we go into spoilers, I'm, I'm going to ask what what your theater experience was like. Uh, mm -hmm. Mine was way emptier than I expected. It was oh. four thirty p.m., so people weren't off work yet. Um, yeah. And I'm in Oklahoma right now, so it's not usually going to be as full. But normally, opening day of a Marvel, maybe there's so many screenings. Like this isn't a COVID uh, scared crowd. Like they're gonna go to. I've been to the movies here that have been full since yeah. almost as early as, as people were going to the theaters. Um, so I'm not sure what the deal was. Maybe there's so many screens. There was ones at like two, three, four, or something. I it started early. It's actually this might be the earliest I've seen a Thursday movie. Yeah, release for sure. Of time of day. So maybe that's part of it. If you had kids, you went to the one right before me. And if you were trying to be the first person to see it, take off work, maybe you're doing that one. I don't know. But there's maybe a third full of the theater. And there wasn't a lot of reaction. There's I laughed more because whatever that deadpan dry thing, that is my thing. I have a loud laugh in a theater. There were a few, a bunch of times. I laughed more at this one than most MCU movies. Mm. Um, Even more than Ragnarok? No, I'm going to say Ragnarok is probably a top all time, but it's up there for sure. It's it's mm -hmm. to me this I it, if you're going for jokes per minute, this is going to be up there right near the top as, oh, yeah, as much as any of them. Oh yeah. For sure. 
Yeah. And I like this sense of humor so much. I had multiple, multiple laugh out loud, like guffaw moments, maybe 10, 12, 15. And there was mm -hmm. at least a good half of those where a, a, there were a handful of people throughout the theater were laughing. Something else about having a loud laugh in a small theater is that it makes other people laugh sometimes. Um, and either they're like, oh, shut the why is your laugh so loud? Or they're making fun of it. But in this case, there's times where you don't laugh until someone else kind of gives you that, like, oh, that started the laughter, like an applause. Every now and then, two right. people are just waiting for one person to applaud, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe that was part of it. And if I wasn't there, maybe nobody's laughing because it was usually there's like a small delay, but uh, right. mostly empty theater, handful, good amount of laughter for any, based on any movie standards. Mm -hmm. um, as far as the overall feeling, there was enough of that, like, Sadness, darkness, I don't know how compelling the plot itself was. I don't know how involved everyone was in the MCU. It wasn't the kind of where like the MCU logo comes on and everyone starts clapping. I've been in those theaters. That's really yeah. fun. Definitely was not that situation. So um, what, what was your theater like? Yeah, so I saw it around the same time you did, uh, East Coast time, 4 p.m. East Coast time. And the theater I go to is in a pretty family, residential, heavy type of neighborhood. So... Um, my theater was, and it, it's not an IMAX theater. It was just a regular digital screening. Um, it was like maybe 70% capacity in my theater. Okay. Um, but it's a mixed crowd. So there were some people like me who are, you know, familiar with the comic books and all that stuff like that. I, I could tell just based on the conversations I heard after the movie was done. Okay. A lot of kids, you know, like family and, and children. So those are the ones that ended up clapping at the end of the movie. Huh. They loved huh. it. They ate it up a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when the funny bits happened, like I said, in the beginning, no one was laughing. Then as people were getting, I guess, comfortable or whatever, or they knew what the expectations were, or maybe just the jokes and the humor became funnier. Then I started hearing more laugh out loud moments from people and people laughing and everything. But like I said, the kids and, and maybe this is the direction we're going. I don't know. The younger generation, the younger crowd loved it. They were the ones that were clapping at the end of the movie. And then when the, the post credit scenes would pop up and again, we'll get into that in the spoiler territory. They were, they were like, shh, go, it's starting, it's starting. Like, they were so excited, wow. yeah. Wow. So, you know, again, this is, you know, the Disney machine, this is Marvel. Um, maybe they know this is what they need to attract now because mm. there there is a switch in generations, right? Because the Marvel, the MCU has been around for what? We're getting close to maybe 15 years now or something like that. Um, I could be a little off, but maybe... You know, because, yeah, because yeah, I think, like, what was it, 2008 was, or 2002 was Iron Man, which, I forget which year it is. It would um, be 08. It, it's 08, yeah. Uh, 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 sorry. Yeah, Iron Man is 2008. Yeah, 2008, so we're okay. 14 to 15 years in that range. Yeah. So maybe, you know, the, the, the people like me, maybe we're getting too old for this stuff. So now where's the focus on how are they going to bring in the new crowd, right? Miss Marvel's on Disney Plus right now and the younger generation's loving that series, right? It's like it's like it's it's catered for that audience. The Hawkeye show um, was catered to that audience for sure. Yeah, um, the introduction of Kate Bishop, yeah. That's interesting. I thought about that. Yeah. And it's also possible that the older comic book heads who were with them for so long and so excited about it 
how many times do you hear someone go, screw this, they made this choice with this character, I'm a comic book person, I'm not going right. to mess with them anymore. And they'll still probably give them the money, but mm -hmm. it's almost like they said, hey, if we want to really get that billion dollars again, should we keep curtailing to the base or should we just go for the general audience and the younger audience? And do we want to keep this going yeah. for 10, 20 more years or like, you know, or how, what, what, what's our timeline for mm -hmm. bringing those younger fans? That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. There's a few decisions they've made that would make me think you might be, you might be onto something that we might see yeah. more of that. And maybe Spider-Man being such a hit with younger folks and Tom Holland being such a fit. Maybe they say, Oh, that's making the most money out of these recently. Let's go with that model. That's oh, okay. Good call. Yeah, and, and and there is definitely that switch within the the MCU where the characters are going to start becoming younger. You know, because obviously there's no more Tony Stark, there's no more Captain America, um, and those who are left are definitely getting older, right? So they started retiring other characters or putting them in so far in the background that they're not really like the everyday people anymore and all that that you'll start seeing in these movies. So they're definitely starting to introduce like the younger crowd. And there is such a thing as the young Avengers in the comic books. And these are a lot of the characters that we're recently being introduced to now. So if that is your new Avengers focus team that they're going to be moving forward to, we are slowly getting introduced to a lot of those people right now. Um, there is something that happens at the end of this movie that might lead into that eventually, too. So uh, with that being said, that could be like a good segue to just start going yeah. into spoiler territory. But for the most part, my, my theater... I think it's going to get busier tonight because as my yeah. showing was getting let out, I saw more oh, people yeah. coming to the movie. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I won't be surprised if this definitely does well over the weekend because we are in yeah. the summer. Our families are out. Kids are off of school. So and I think the sentiment of comfort, uh, comfort going to theaters nowadays is a little loosened. So I feel like more people are willing to go back little by little. Um, so I'm pretty sure it's going to do well. It'll be interesting to see for sure. Hey, guys and gals looking for the latest and greatest in collectibles and pop culture merchandise? Well, have I got the perfect destination for all of you. For example, get yourself an electronic prop replica of Mjolnir as seen in the movie along with other Thor collectibles. Follow the link in the description below at Entertainment Earth. Entertainment Earth is the premier place online for the latest and greatest toys, the most exciting action figures, and the coolest gifts and collectibles pop culture has to offer. From television, movies, sports, collectibles, comics, internet memes, and every fandom in between. They drop new products daily and curate their selection so you don't miss out. Whether you're looking for something stellar from a galaxy far, far away with Star Wars, or from the streets of Gotham City with DC Comics, they've got surprises for everyone. Get access to exclusive releases and limited run pre-orders. You can even reserve hard to find items before they arrive. From Funko to Hasbro, all your favorite vendors are represented in their robust catalog of cool collectibles. They are pleased to offer risk-free shopping with their industry-leading mint condition guarantee and hassle-free 90-day returns. Entertainment Earth has been making pop culture fans happy for 25 years now and have no signs of slowing down. What's great is that for US shoppers, they're currently offering free shipping for any orders placed above $49 not in the US don't worry entertainment earth ships globally visit the special link in the description of this episode to take advantage of this offer and buy yourself or a loved one something really cool entertainment earth so many toys so much fun uh, but yeah uh, if you haven't seen the movie yet and you don't want anything ruined for you 
this is your last warning because we are going to start opening the floodgates and we will have no more filter. Not that we ever do, but as far as when it comes to the movie Thor Love and Thunder itself. If you don't care about spoilers and you want to continue watching and listening, then that's all on you. So we are... As I can, I'm going to say that Chewbacca dies. So oh, turn man. it off right now if you don't want to hear stuff like that. We didn't, yeah, we didn't give him enough time for that. You can't, you can't just say that, you know. Come on, come on. And then soon after that, Han dies too. You know, yeah, the crossover like, Star Wars. I didn't yeah. expect this to be a Star Wars. Oh yeah, sorry, no spoilers. We'll get into all the Star Wars crossover stuff yeah. in a minute. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, Grogu uh, is now part of the dark side. So, uh, <laughs> but with that being said, Thor Love and Thunder, spoiler talk. I mean, I'm sure you have your questions, right, and all that. Um, but first, I'm going to just lay out as far as, like, some of the characters that we were introduced to. All right. So, as, as if you didn't know already by the trailers, we get introduced finally to the female Thor, Uh she she does go by several monikers when she was first introduced, Lady Thor. Uh, you know, of course, people still call her Jane Foster like that. Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Fonda. How long that are they going to keep great. that joke running? Because yeah, because that, that was like a running gag in the movie where uh, Korg kept forgetting her real name and would like mix it up with like you know Jodie Foster, uh, Jane Fonda. Uh, you know, so it just it just kept happening and happening, you know. So I'm glad you got a kick out of it because after a while, I was just like, "All right, I, enough." I <laughs> each time it got me. Okay, so short character. This is her big movie. Yeah. So and you know she had a very and I think still does have a run in the comics, right? So the, her own series is the Mighty Thor, so which she finally refers to herself as, uh, as she's trying to look for a catchphrase uh, when she goes into battle. Um, so we get introduced to her, and the the way that it's described in the movie is exactly the same way as it is in the comics. Jane Foster has cancer. Um, she is kind of desperate, and she um, kind of relies heavily on, you know, the powers of you know Mjolnir and and all that stuff like that to try to help her bring her back and to, to health and all that. Um, so they do cover that, I think, in my opinion, pretty well in the movie. My only concern is that I think she died off way too soon. Um, you know, I mean. I, I would have loved maybe to see one more movie with her as the Mighty Thor, you know, just to get more of that. Do you think it's an Natalie Portman request? Do you think it's Could a be. Natalie Portman being like, I'm out, fuck this? Because otherwise, I, Could if, be. if you're Marvel, you might give her her own movie. Yeah. Do an, another or one series or something. Yeah, female, yeah exactly. Yeah. Female fronted. Yeah. This is a great character for that. It's a beloved franchise already with the yeah. tour of it all. That's an easy sell, in my opinion. And I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if Natalie Portman, like some other serious actors have been like, please kill me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was always hesitant to come back. Like, I think after after she did Thor 2, she, she said she never wanted to come back because she was, for those of you who don't know, uh, Patty Jenkins was supposed to direct Thor 2. Um, and then because of creative differences, Patty Jenkins left the project. She wasn't let go. She left on her own accord. Nellie Portman got upset because she really wanted to work with Patty and almost refused to do the movie and then finally mm. agreed to do the movie, but under the condition that she was not going to come back, you know, and all that. Now, 
Okay. Yeah. So, and again, there may be a lot who don't know that. Uh, so that's basically what happened. So that's why we never really saw her. You know, maybe we'll see like clips of her and all that stuff, but she never really came back and filmed anything until one of the Avengers movies where I heard she came back on set for like, I don't know, 10 minutes to film something. Um, There's the one in, I guess it's in game. They're doing the time yeah. travel and they go and see right. her. Is that, that might be the one. Yeah. And I, and I think she did it as a favor, you know, not thinking that the character was really going to come back. But then when Taika approached her, to come back for Thor. She wants to work with Taika. So she agreed to finally come back. And I guess she really liked the storyline from what I heard on, I don't know, who knows. But yeah, if it is one of those conditions where she's like, I'll come back for this one thing, um, and then maybe sparingly we'll come back you know, from time to time, then I could see why they, they made the, the character choice that they did. Um, at the end of the movie, one of the post credit scenes, and we'll, we'll talk more about that stuff, we do see that she's still around somehow, right? Um, so she could come back and, and uh, pop up whatever they need her, and whatever the case is. But I was a little bit disappointed that we could not get more of her as Mighty Thor in, in future iterations anytime soon, right? Um, what was your, your feeling about the, the Mighty Thor storyline there? Um, I was with it. I don't. Lo- I love Natalie Portman as a serious actress. Yeah. I love Natalie Portman in Black Swan. I love Natalie Portman in Jackie. Yeah. Those are my kind of movies. Yep. Natalie Portman. Um, what confused me is I couldn't tell. Was she supposed to be Padme as Mighty Thor or Amidala playing? Or I don't. I understand the timeline between these. This crossover that we've sure. been talking about. Well, yeah, it's um, multiverse. No, but... Yeah, you have to think of multiverse. So we don't know. It could be another version of her, right? Think about I mean, it. You know, the it. only thing that she didn't do is I didn't see her mouth off other people's lines while they're talking. So if Doctor <laughs> Strange taught us anything, it's that when you dream something, it's a real thing in another yes. multiverse. Yes. And so I would be shocked if young Spider-Man isn't watching the Star Wars movies and having those Star Wars dreams the way we all did. Sure. Just saying. That opens up a portal. Yeah. Um, speaking yeah. of which, my gen- genuine question, because, like, I I can kind of comprehend some basics. I'm going to play even dumber than I am. Yeah. She's dead and in Valhalla at the end. And you're saying she's still kind of around. Has yeah. anyone in comic lore, anything that, to your knowledge, come back from Valhalla... And does her being buddies with Heimdall, and he's like, hey, welcome, come, you're in Valhalla now. He's the portal guy from before, yeah. right? Like, maybe that's a good friend to have if you do want to be, go back for a one day. I don't know how any of this works in the science of it, because Valhalla isn't real. Right. If you are if you have any kids wait, wait, it's not? Turn, turn this off, yeah. I don't want to spoil this, but um, Santa Claus is real, Valhalla is not. Uh, no, so can wow. you kind of talk on wow. that at all? If you're talking about the possibility she could come back for a little thing, could she? Is that um, so the way that Valhalla is kind of handled in the comics, it's definitely its own separate universe, its own separate uh, part, dimension, whatever you call it, like that. 
So if we do see dead. her, it is like a heaven. Yes, kind of place. yes, yes, okay. yes. They afterlife. are dead, and they're in this like afterlife, after plane, eternal plane, whatever you want to call it, right? Are they physical um, or are they souls? Do we know? I guess we're getting the, real. You're getting way too. Yeah, okay. you're getting way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think a lot of that stuff is not necessary in the comic book okay. realm because you just know they're there. So we could possibly see adventures happening there or another universe or dimension interfering with that place, you know, and and hijinks ensue or something like that. Or we could come across this thing where maybe someone can wish someone back to life, right? And again, we saw saw that happen in in the movie, um, but there could be like another thing, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to deal with um, uh, eternity. It could be an, an object or, you know, whatever the case is. Uh, Doctor Strange could decide to do something crazy again and whatever, help somebody out. Um, so so to answer your question, to, to long story short and all, she is in the afterlife. Everyone there is considered to be dead in the real realm of where the MCU is. But they still have a life there. So, like I said, it is a, a plane of existence that maybe potentially someone can crack into. Like that. Jane and Heimdall sitting in a tree. <laughs> K-I-S-S-I. I don't so know about all that. that. Well, I mean, She on, loves you? Thor. I, she said so at the end of the movie. She said, I love you. She also said, never leave me. And now she's in Valhalla. And anything goes when you're in Valhalla. I'm just saying. It's like vacation rules. <laughs> You get a hall pass when it comes different to Different zip Handball. code. A different zip code. Yep. Uh, just saying. So, uh, okay, that answers that. Thank you for helping explain. Yeah, that's some pretty basic, like, yeah. she's dead, right? Uh, we yeah. also, I'm just going to go and say this, we don't know what the bad guy's wish was. We don't know what Christian Bale's. We think it was to bring back the daughter. Right. Maybe it was bring back the daughter and fuck with Thor and be like, in five days, bring back Jane. We don't know. Once you can do anything in this super magical realm where you find a portal at the center of the universe, so one reason why <laughs> I don't like the gods movies as much is because, yeah. like, Ant-Man and the Wasp, like, the science is dumb, but at least there's something going on there. Here, it's like, you could ask for anything. So what if right. we ask for a million wishes, right? Does the whole thing fall in on us? What if, here's what I'm thinking, what I would have done you know, with my wish, if I was the, I would have wished for spider ham to come back <laughs> into this that realm where it's is it peter porker spider ham peter porker yeah yeah and you and also i gotta refute this right here right now we're settling some beef for now you said i'm not a comic book guy if you recall for my birthday a few years ago you got me the spider ham comics and i read those i'm real deep and well versed on the spider ham lore because i think that's the funniest thing ever uh, I laugh so hard at Into the Spider-Verse every time, every single moment Spider-Ham's on the screen. It's so good. So that's one wish I would do. Another wish would be, like, they could have they brought Black Widow back in theory. Like, they could have brought back Iron Man. Like, at this point, anything could happen. Who knows? Yeah. Any, It's almost like MCU got their one wish, but instead they chose to bring back a little girl that we just met. Dumb. Uh, I hope that we get to go back to this portal at some point. I don't know how that works, but <laughs> now that we have the multiverse and genie wish portal things mm-hmm. you can do anything in this universe uh that's super fun where there's like almost no stakes uh and then what do- dead doc dr strange gets to fight dead dr strange recently like we're just doing all types of stuff it's cool 
Um, this is where they start to lose me, even though I'm entertaining it, enjoying yeah. it. I'm going like, okay, this is getting ridiculous. And then the mold, yeah, okay. Uh, we have uh, Captain America is now Captain England or whatever the heck that character's name is. Uh, you, you know where I'm, what I'm saying. I'm just Captain writing Britain. right now. Is that is that really what it is? And then John well, Krasinski shows up and he's a smart guy who can't think one step ahead. Now you're, yeah. And and yeah, and that's spoilers for a different movie. So <laughs> <laughs> you can't as, you can't assume that someone watched you know Doctor Strange and then saw this movie or whatever the case is. But okay. you're definitely going off into rent. Rain Man starring Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman. Mm -hmm. Okay, no, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, Macaulay um, Culkin my girl. Go ahead. Sorry. Rosebud is his sled. So, <laughs> um, I'm glad you brought up uh, Gore. So Gore, the God Butcher, is uh, Christian Bale. So if you couldn't figure out in the trailer, basically you have this guy who was wronged by the gods, right? Uh, he comes across this mythical sword that can kill gods. Now he vengs his life, the rest of his life, to kill off all the gods because, you know, his gods failed him. He was starving. He lost his daughter because of that and everything in cases, right? Uh, for you know, his character defense, his gods not, not only, like, they were laughing at him and mocking him. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, full, he lost his mind. And honestly, the sure? god had just failed him. That's one thing. But when you're literally, like, he got pushed to the damn brink right. laughing at his he was, daughter situation. Yeah, he was getting mocked and, you know, basically his God was just like, well, you know, we, we don't owe you anything. You know, you do what you do because you're supposed to, but don't expect anything in return. Right. No, no rewards or, or, or anything like that. Um, so he vows the rest of his existence to get rid of all the gods because of all of that stuff. Um, you know, obviously Thor catches wind of this and Thor tries to stop him and they have this big battle at the end because uh, he realized that uh, an easier way to get rid of all the gods instead of just going off and trying to slash their, their throats uh, every chance he gets, he can approach the uh, god of eternity. And uh, once you get there, you are granted one wish. And we all assume that his wish was to get rid of all the gods, right? Save we a assume lot of time. That. Cut yeah, out the middleman. Yeah. Yeah. Just go. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Again, I'm yeah. Yeah. All of the multiverse, universe, world, right. God, heaven, realms. Kill yeah. Because we only we only had two hours too. Yeah. yeah so we on. can't show him unless they had like this uh, God killing um, uh, mishmash or you know kind of like like a, what is it? Like a montage. Order forty three or whatever. Where? Oh, the order sixty six. Thank you, order sixty six. Yeah. yeah. We just do. I would love it. Just a mini series of just God, death, right. God, death, God, death, God, death, God, death, God, death. And Christian Bale becomes a one-punch man guy who's just kind of like, here we go again. I got to wake up, eat my cereal, yep. go kill it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, that would have been actually really hilarious if they did like a baby style <laughs> with, montage. You know, it looks like the One Punch Man with the bald head and everything. Right. Yeah, just give right. him a silly cape. Okay. Yeah, it'd be really cool, like the God killing montage and everything. But um, but yeah. So, but when he gets to the end, 
you know, the running theme, I think, in this movie, because, you know, Thor is having himself a crisis, he that identity crisis, a midlife crisis, however you want it. He doesn't feel loved or feel the feeling of love. But then he realizes once he sees Jane again that, you know, this is the one thing missing in his life. It's what's keeping him whole. And there's like a promotion of love. Like you must love and love will solve everything, which it possibly could. So... As Jane is dying there at the hands of Thor, uh, Christian Bale, uh, from what it appears, wishes his daughter to come back. And who's going to take care of her? Because, you know, Gore is dying too. Oh, let's just have Thor take care of her and all that. So Thor becomes her Uncle Thor, as she refers to him as. Um, And so that's basically what happened, right? So as far as the character of Gore, I I did like how they kind of portrayed him in this movie. However, my gripe, and it goes back to my gripe from before, is that he also tries to be funny. You know, there's this moment where he, you know, he captured all the kids from Asgard, right? And now, you know, new Asgard is exactly how you saw it last. It's, I think it's in, it looks like Iceland, but I think it's Sweden or something like that, uh, or Norway, one of those uh, countries. And it's actually on Earth. It's not I no think longer it's on to plan. all our Norwegian <laughs> listeners right now. Obviously, it's nothing like iceland right uh i don't know actually Denmark. i yeah okay sorry uh digging a hole no it's fine no but basically yeah it's on it's on earth right so they are living like humans but they are all godlike characters but yet they turn asgard now into a disney resort so to speak right uh which is funny but at the same time like really Okay, they There's really a commentary there on sure. We might be talking talk about these indie sensibilities being sure. like, oh yeah, taking something yeah. beautiful and great and amazing and then just Disneyfying it. Disneyfying it. Yeah. And Disney goes, yeah, you can make us money by doing that. That's fine with me. Right. Yeah. They then now they can go to uh, Avengers Campus there at Disneyland and hang out with you know your characters that you are portraying in this movie. Um, so so gore as far as a character is you know okay but when i say he was trying to be so funny when he was kind of talking to the kids as he they were captured and he's trying to be like the funny guy you know it's like oh you you stories i have a story for you (laughs) and like all this kind of stuff like that and it was just so bad for me i didn't view it as him trying to be funny i viewed it as him trying to be messed up and torture and scare these kids like psychologically scar them he's like so mad at the gods and everything i i'm not being silly no, no, i don't no, think that's he was fine, yeah. trying to be funny maybe he's so messed up that's his idea funny yeah i literally thought he knew he was scaring the heck out of these kids with his little mm-hmm. puppet show chopping off the head of a little creature thing like i did not view that as him in good faith trying to be funny i thought it was a very bad faith mess with these kids effort and there's kind of something there with like um uh, with Taika Waititi and dealing with dark subject matter and you can make some statement mm-hmm. there of trying to make mm-hmm. something funny that's actually pretty sinister. I yeah. only had a sinister reading of that moment. I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure that was the intention of the character. I think the way it came across the screen for me personally was okay. that it, they were trying to make him kind of funny. You know, I kind of like moment. like like I mean, don't get me wrong, that's probably one of the few times I did laugh. 
you know, in, okay. in, in, the, in the movie. Um, sure. And, and I, I don't want it to come across as if I didn't laugh a lot. It's just like maybe I did find that funny. Other times I laughed because it was so stupid or silly. I couldn't believe that they were doing it or saying something, whatever the case is. Um, yeah, the goats, the the screaming goats. Uh, those two oh. characters are actually from the comics. So those are do exist. Uh, and they're fan favorites, actually. So I'm sure the comic book fan, the Thor fans, could not wait to see those uh, mm. those two on the big screen. So and they were funny. They were really funny just to hear them just screaming in the background, or right before they crash through the window or everything like that. It's just like it's or they land somewhere, and then you just hear them. <laughs> you know, so good. They did that really well. It was kind of repetitious, but at some point it became like the SNL or Tim and Eric style yeah. comedy where by repeating it so yeah. many times, it became even more ridiculous. Yeah. The blue dudes who gave them the goats were maybe the funniest characters. Oh, in the yeah. To me. yeah. That to me was comedy gold. The way that Taika Waititi's character was in Ragnarok, now we're kind of used to that humor and it was funny. Yeah. And his character didn't have as many good lines. That, the, that character, I don't even know the dude's name, but the blue dudes who gave him the goats were so so funny every time they open their mouths to me yeah no they were and it was actually a good recovery because again this happens like in the beginning of the movie but after we just saw this really devastating um thing well basically the gore um kind of the the introduction to gore and kind of the background you know they show him in the desert you know, losing his daughter, you know, and then uh, into the mockery of his God and everything like that. So that whole thing was very serious. Um, and then you jump into current Thor situation. He's hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're on this planet. You know, there there's a, a war between the aliens of that of that planet and a different set of aliens. And Thor comes to save the day and everything. And that race was pretty hilarious when they were on screen you know they had the the minions who would just like kind of hop up and down as they're marching with along with their king and everything like that and the king is very sarcastic um as thor's going to town they're just like please no not 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 the not the the building or anything like that and <laughs> and it just becomes this joke at the end where it's like i don't, we, we're not talking about the building we're not talking about the building right now it's too hard um uh, that that stuff was really funny the thor fighting in that was way over the top for me and I, and again this is part of the comic comedy that just didn't work when he did the the van dam split to try to stop the two vehicles i just i i rolled my eyes hard on that one like really hard on that one and that did not work for me one bit um but you know and then you know he had his like he was do, he was monologuing because you know, um, you have Korg that's like retelling the story of Thor and all that. And we see one of the another funny thing I laughed at was seeing baby Thor in the little baby Bjorn yes. as they're going into battle. I thought that was pretty funny. That was pretty hilarious um, and, and very adorable. And then you get like flashbacks of all like the Thor stuff that happened throughout the movies and everything like that. Um, so, so Gore itself, I mean, for me, for the most part, worked OK. Um the funny bits just didn't work at all for me, but definitely not a strong villain, I think. I, and I think a lot of diehard fans um, are were expecting more or going to be expecting more from this villain because if you compare... What wasn't the, strong about it? You mean his actual physical strength, the acting performance, the just him compared to other villains? What do you mean not strong? Just, just as far as like importance. 
in my opinion. Like I just in the don't lore think... or in this movie. Um, uh, in in the movie, in the movie, yeah. Like I think, like the the way from what I've heard, and again, I'm not 100 percent familiar with all of the comics and everything, but he was definitely a much more menacing villain in the comic books. And I felt, unfortunately, just like with Mar- the MCU has an issue when it comes to their villains, where they could be kind of one-sided or very short-sided. Um, they, they're a one-and-done thing all the time, for the most part. you know. And I think for someone like this, this I think from what I've heard, this villain is not a one-and-done type of villain. Like This is a villain that actually you know, tortures and kind of like the existence of, of himself is a burden to Thor. And all that, you know. So when I met him, I thought he might be a new Thanos type of like this dude could be coming back for a while. Maybe I think a lot Thanos of people thought the that. kind of dude who's a recurring. Yeah. And that, and I have no lore knowledge at all. It was like, yeah. oh, this is a god killer. He's gonna be going. He's got a whole mission. Yeah, I liked the backstory. It maybe would have been more developed. I don't know, but yeah, I, I that actually rings true. And all I have knowledge of for this character is today's movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people felt that way. They felt like this was going to be like a really serious villain, Um, you know, but unfortunately, you know, it's a one and done thing. Um, You know, the the day was, quote unquote, saved at the end. Um, And now Thor is living with love, the little daughter. That's the name of the little Mm -hmm. thing who is I think she's going to be hilarious if she if this character continues or we're going to see more of this character, which I'm sure we are. But the fact that she has uh, a mixture of like Thor's type of personality, but is also has the powers of eternity at her fingertips, um, mm-hmm. that can lead to a lot of lot of mischief, and I'm sure that's going to be a lot of funny. And the actress is the real life daughter of Chris Helmsworth and uh, his wife. Yeah, town. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just cool. I read that right before we we started recording this. I'm like, oh, oh look at that! Cute. Yeah, so it must have been so nice for for Chris to be acting with uh, his daughter there. So I think that's adorable. Um, I don't know what else is there to talk about this movie that you probably want to get into. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's there's the great thing about this movie is that it wasn't long. It was like two hours, you know, which is um, refreshing, especially compared to some of the more recent Marvel movies. Um, it, I felt like it was a perfect uh, timing for it. I, I didn't feel like it dragged. I didn't feel like, you know, and I felt like I had enough by the end of the movie, at least for me. I felt like, all right, good to go. All right, what are the post credit scenes? All right, now I can go. Um, you know, I, I was uh, somewhat, like I said, I was entertained, but um, we did see a lot happen in this movie um what were what were some of your favorite moments and what were probably some of your least favorite moments um i feel like it's on the comedy of it all i and i've i won't rehash it but yeah the goats doing their dang thing the blue guys doing their dang thing christian bale's acting as someone who really likes a great acting Mm. performance he's one of our best Mm. and kind of underrated in that he just always does such a great job he's in a lot of movies that aren't super duper popular um but and he's good at transforming his body i don't know to what degree he did that for this one it's almost like people take him for granted and every time he's on screen and there was even a trailer before this movie of his next david o russell movie i'm excited about that one now i am too yeah that was a good tie-in for people like me who anytime christian bale is on screen uh i get it i am watching 
a, a masterclass in acting, and this was no exception. Yeah. Even though it was one of his ciliary roles, he often doesn't do, after Dark Knight stuff, he is kind of shied away from these types of movies. Mm-hmm. He did a great job, in my opinion. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so that might be one of my biggest takeaways, other than just the all the Taika Waititi comedy of it. Mm-hmm. Also, Tessa Thompson, love that. I don't know what, what's going on with that character necessarily. When I saw her doing the ads and the commercials and the like that thing, I thought there was a good sense of humor they could be going with it. Right. I love every single thing Tessa Thompson has ever done, ever for always an eternity. I think that I want I could have a whole TV show of her, I could have a whole movie franchise, I don't know. And instead they kind of turned her into a jaded, bugged, uh, like bothered character who's mm-hmm. kind of doesn't have time for all this bullshit. And I don't think that that's the right direction to take. I want her to become more of the hero of that world. And maybe we can go in that direction, but it basically goes, she's the jaded mayor, king, president person of leader of Asgard, king, queen, I guess, um, of Asgard. And then she gets goes on the mission and then is sidelined for the end of it and it's right it felt like maybe they're punishing tessa thompson kind of like wait why did you just drop my favorite character and one of my favorite characters in the mcu or at least my favorite actors don't know what's going on there quite maybe the lore helps explain that in some way or maybe it'll pay off in in a a roundabout way i don't know um otherwise um seeing hemsworth's brother play thor seeing matt damon um come back on the stage show playing loki um, seeing Sam O'Neill from Jurassic Park fame playing Neal, um, yeah. mm-hmm. Odin. And then there was an yeah. oh, and then Melissa McCarthy. And Melissa McCarthy's husband apparently had a cameo there, which I didn't notice in real time. I, I'm, I'm glad you, you... Oh, you didn't catch that in real time. I did not. I saw it after uh, the cast. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so I saw that because... So when the moment they were panning... Oh, so again, this all takes place in the, the tourist resort now known as Asgard. Uh, one of the things they have for the uh, the attendees is that they do this live play. And we already saw this in a previous Thor movie, and they brought everyone back again. So, yeah, you had your Matt Damon, you had Sam Neill, you had Luke Helmsworth there. That was another moment where the guy next to me was just like, are you serious? Matt Damon mm. again? So, <laughs> I don't know if it's I one of those like... I think I don't maybe maybe was that you then, was that you Renee? no 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 I swear that was not me that was not me yeah uh, I had no idea who this guy was but he did laugh at a lot of other stuff like genuinely too so I don't know um maybe I was sitting next to Jimmy Kimmel because we all know he hates Matt Damon so yeah that makes sense um but when Melissa McCarthy broke through the paper portal I laughed out loud for sure because that was definitely a funny moment because it's unexpected, right? And the fact that she's playing Hella, I thought that was really, really hilarious. Uh, the, the the cheap corny effects they would have on stage, like the, yes. the, the hammer that's flying but it's being pulled by string. <laughs> like that stuff was hilarious to me for sure. Uh, but yeah, when they did the curtain call, I saw he just sneaked his way over to the curtain call. I, I guess he was maybe the stage director or something like that. Yes. And I was like, oh, there he is. There's there's good old, you know, the, hub, the hubby there because they can't seem to do anything without each other. So, uh, but I thought that was really, really funny how he like sneaked in there um, right at the, cur- the curtain call moment. So 
Yeah. Also, another tidbit too, um, they do show uh, him a couple of times. Uh, one of the the tour guides or the whatever that is like explaining some. Like for example, you see him um, explaining to the attendees, the audience there, about Mjolnir as it's in pieces under the glass and everything like that. Um, that it was at one point Thor's roommate in this series of shorts that you would find as a DVD extra on the Thor releases. So I did find it really funny Dave, that they brought that dude back also just to, you know, still play within the universe there. So, hmm. yeah. Good call. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, the cameos were solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and then the acting overall, we already know the Guardians crew. They didn't have a ton to do in this movie. Yeah. They, but they're obviously that, that's a beloved those characters and they're good. Mm-hmm. They were good at that for the little t- screen time they had. We got to talk about. We already mentioned Idris Elba being in it for a moment near the end. Yeah. Um, I have a couple more questions about Eternity, but maybe I'm just being too metaphysical about it. Uh, I want to piggyback on something you said earlier. Kat Dennings have never found her character redeeming in any way ever, and every time that character has ever been on screen, I go. I loved WandaVision, did not like that. The Any Thor movie, in, anytime she's ever been on any screen, mm-hmm. even that actress, I have beef. I know I sound like a hater. I, I'm The buddy I saw it with was like, yeah, same. Don't wow. want that character. Yeah, interesting. I've never found it funny. And maybe mm-hmm. there's certain people who find that funny. I For whatever reason, it just rubs me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And that's my hot take there. It's just really more of just like a shitty opinion. Um, <laughs> but the... The Russell Crowe, as a oh, I'm, thank you. Yes, comedy, I do want to talk about this. Yeah, comedy, comedy gold, literally. Not only that, which how often do we see Russell Crowe do comedy? I was trying to think of it. He was really good at oh. that, and maybe he's playing into the Russell Crowe at all, and he has a head start because it's silly to see Russell Crowe, super serious guy, super angry, drunky guy in real life slash the characters he plays. Who knows? playing making fun of himself plus as far as a donald trump parody goes and i'm not going to get political but i'm watching i mentioned to my friend he goes oh my god you were right because he's doing the hand gesture thing the way he's talking the way he's making fun of other people and like putting them down in a very dismissive way and then talking himself Mm -hmm. up the gold taking himself so seriously the vanity all of that it was i thought that was Maybe it was subtext. Maybe it was totally unintentional. I don't think so. But Mm-mm. Russell Crowe was damn funny. And it was also a weird thing to do with Zeus. I wasn't expecting that at all. So maybe that made it right. funnier. Right, yeah. Russell Crowe on the pedestal. Zeus literally on the pedestal. And then just everyone in the audience is like rolling their eyes and laughing at him in real life. Yeah. Right. I don't know. What, 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 did you, what were you going to say about the Russell Crowe? No. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because um, I think – this this goes towards again the whole switch of how they treat a certain type of characters right so when we were when we were introduced to anthony hopkins as odin yeah odin was a very stoic serious you know you know god and all that stuff like that right god in his own right um and you know when he was trying to teach you know whatever to thor and loki and all that he was a very respected thing when they made this switch with Thor as being a little bit more comedic, a little bit more funny, now it seems like all the gods are humorous or have their own quirks and everything like that. So when the Russell Crowe character of Zeus came up on screen, I wasn't expecting him to be like this really goofy, 
over the top, you know, so full of himself parody of a god or a Zeus-like god and all that because that's kind of what it came across. It was like a parody, right? Like a like a Mel Brooks version of Zeus, you know. But the way Russell played it, he played it so perfectly. It was really, really funny. And, you know, he has done comedy before. I mean, I think one of his best comedic parts was Jean Valjean in Les Miserables. So I thought that was really, he was like really funny. I you were being serious. His singing was just like, okay. histor- like, like hysterical. Um, it was just really, really funny. What, what happened? Okay, you're not wrong in that it was funny. It was <laughs> not, that's one of the things that Russell Crowe's like, his whole deal is he's too serious. And I'm trying to think of like, I know he's had little throwaway lines or like his timing in A Beautiful Mind. There are moments where his character is like, sure, it's not comedy, but it's the timing and the way he'll say things. Right, right. Never, I don't know why he hasn't, like in theory, his career after like LA Confidential or something yeah. could have gone down a totally different track where he is just maybe like, I don't know, like I'm thinking of someone who's can do serious, like John Hamm, famous for mm-hmm. being Don Draper, but has real comedy chops and oh my god starts with yeah. that and and has mm-hmm. been doing more of that than anything else he could have had a majority comedy career absolutely that was it um the nice guys but he's playing the straight man like, yeah uh, the, he, but but right. like you said he has right but like you said he does have the moments you know where he comes across as funny it's the timing of things right and i it's true this is the first time we're seeing him pure comic right now like it's pure comedy there's it like was there wasn't silly. yeah it was so silly so over the top the only moment where there was a sense of seriousness was at the end you know with in one of the post credit scenes that we got where he was like being very serious and very you know, like upset and pissed off and all that stuff because the way his character is uh, treated in this movie you know Thor comes to him asking for help uh, he wants to build a god army to go against Gore you know, right now, Russell or Zeus, he doesn't want to create panic. He doesn't take this thing so seriously. He kind of like throws it, like kind of brushes off his shoulders like, oh, he's not going to be able to accomplish what he's going to accomplish. So no need to cause a panic and all that stuff. And he has this really, really over the top accent, uh, Greek accent and all that. And he's just like, it's like really, really hilarious. But Thor gets pissed off and they kind of have a, a thing and Thor ends up killing Zeus. You know, at least that is what we see in the movie, the context of the movie, right? And that also surprised me because I'm yeah. like, oh, we're 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 now having our main characters kill like other gods right now, like like yeah, like yeah, yeah just it's like whoa, to be a god. <laughs> right? Like holy cow, okay, they're just going off the rail here. So you know, and again, I don't know if this was something that happened in the comics as well. I know I don't know anything about that, but that was for me extremely surprising. Um, but as far as having Russell there as this character, I do, I did like uh, how he handled the comedy aspect of it. The character itself, eh, you know, it, it was just, it was, it was interesting to see. We also get to meet Hercules through that. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll that... talk about yeah, we'll talk about the 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 so that's part of the the post credit stuff that we'll we'll save that for okay. its own section. Okay. Um, but yeah, hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. But before we continue, I wanted to quickly talk about Bulletproof Coffee. Bulletproof Coffee is my favorite coffee of choice to start off my mornings with. Why? Because it's clean coffee. What does that mean? Well, one, 
There are no chemicals in it. Why? Because they go through this multi-step process of making sure that all of their beans are fully clean and free of any chemicals so that when you get the beans delivered to you, it is the pure beans, the pure coffee, the goodness that you've been wanting, the taste, the flavor, and the nutritional value as well without worrying about any added chemicals or anything else put into the mix there. Um, it also doesn't have that weird acidic taste that some coffees give you. I don't know how about you, but for me, some coffees kind of give me that weird sensation in my stomach, makes me a little burpy, and it kind of drags me down a little bit instead of really waking me up, uh, which is something that I need for my coffee every day. Bulletproof also offers a lot of keto-friendly snacks and supplements, anything that you need to kind of add to your everyday nutritional needs, add to your diet, and make you and pretty much transforms the way you feel uh, every day. So uh, for a limited time, if you use this code on that you see on the screen right now, LOWKEYGEEK, all caps, one word, you can get 15% off your order. So what what is it better than that, right? Check out the link in the description of this episode. Use this code, get yourself your discount, and make your mornings a little bit more bulletproof with Bulletproof Coffee. Now, back to the episode. So that's Russell Crowe. Was there anything else within the context of the movie that stood out to you? I mean, I agree. The whole play thing I thought was pretty hilarious. Like that was like one of the definite pure comedic spots yeah. for me. Uh, and Russell Crowe was just a surprise. I, I have a feeling a lot of people may not find it as funny, um, but you know, it hit me right, just like how it hit you. Yeah. So that the audience in general that seemed to be a favorite moment for sure. Yeah. Um, before we go into closing up and postcards, yeah. all that. Um, did, did you already rank the your Thor movies in this episode? Have you? I, I'm guessing, you know, most people's I think are going to be the same, but do you want to do yeah. that real quick? Yeah, we could do that real quick. So as far as where this falls within the Thor movies, I would say Ragnarok is my number one. Um, the or first Thor is my number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is number three. Mm-hmm. And number two, Dark World is the last is is number four because Dark World is definitely very weak. Um, and for the most part, I found extremely boring. Every, if you go over the average MCU ranking list, it's the bottom most movie yeah. on the most lists. Almost yeah. everyone says that. And there's some people who are the harsh defenders, but it's only sure. in response to being like, no, everyone says it's bad. No, it's actually good. But like they protest a little loudly. Yeah. Um, I My list is similar to yours, except I have this as my number two. Okay. Again, I'm biased to the Taika Waititi of it all. Um, yeah. But as far, if you actually ask me on quality of movie, other than that, and story and plot development, acting, mm-hmm. et cetera, honestly, I'm not sure. But uh, I'm putting this at my two spot in the original Thor uh, at my three spot. Um, the other question I have for you. Mm-hmm. You go to eternity. It's your whole life's mission. You've killed a bunch of gods. You yeah. land there. What do you... What, what are you doing with that wish? But also, in in seriousness, why did Christian Bale's character not ask to also be resurrected? You don't just get to say, like, you get a wish. Like, there was that making clear you can make anything happen. If you can make all gods die, you could definitely bring back a tiny little girl mm-hmm. who's like, made, it would take like seven of her to make one Thor. And he was going to kill all the gods. You could mm-hmm. definitely bring yourself and her back. So it's like, oh my gosh, who will take care of my daughter? Like, you, dumbass. Like, why... I don't, that's one thing I don't like in these movies is there's this open-ended plot device and they use it only to, to 
move forward a very specific plot moment because mm -hmm. his character was smart enough to do a lot of things successfully, including almost defeating Thor. Right. And yet he did not think, oh, I could ask for two names to be on the cake. Hey, can I get a plus one on the guest list? That's so stupid to me. Well, um, I, I guess, yeah, I guess they draw the line in commas when it comes to uh, uh, wishes. And, uh, right. And also, yeah, exactly. Can, uh, sentence and can I please? Oh, and ice cream also. When you start having sub bullet points within your initial bullet point, me, I mean. back my immediate family. <laughs> Maybe maybe the mother was such a horrible person. He's like, nah, I'd rather die. No, I, 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 there's a way to word that is all I'm saying. Right. Um, but the, in seriousness, my other thought was when they're bringing that daughter back. And then he's saying, who's going to take care of And then Natalie mm. Portman's like, don't, don't worry about it. Natalie Portman's, or maybe Natalie Portman just died. My thought was I really wish that Thor had been like, yeah, no problem, buddy. And then right before Christian Bale's character died, it's just go over and just kill the little girl in front of him. <laughs> his whole life's mission, he was humiliated by the gods. He turned his whole mission to killing all uh -huh. the gods. He then has a beautiful moment of no love is the answer. Mm -hmm. You don't want justice. You want love. You don't want revenge. Yeah. You want love. And then he brings the little girl back with his one wish and then he just but just just and just could it easily and like, fuck you don't ever come for the king uh that would have been great i'm okay it's obviously not nice but i, I think i um, think if if they brought kenneth Branagh back to direct this movie yeah. uh that that could have been a huge possibility at the end everyone dies at the end on some sh on some shakespeare stuff <laughs> and the other this is actually a genuine question is jane's character goes to valhalla and they mm -hmm. said, you only get to go to Valhalla if you died in battle, which was a funny point earlier in the movie when his friend was like, no, I'll go to Valhalla. He goes, mm, you're still alive. The battle is you're over, alive, so you don't go to Valhalla. He's like, oh, no, let me fight then, which was funny. But Jane technically, like, the fight was over, and Christian Bale's character, like, hadn't tapped out yet, so technically the battle's still going. And he dies a little after her, so in that case, maybe that's what's happening. I was also trying to figure out if they were making some, because they go with cancer in this movie and that's affected so many yeah. people so sincerely that that's a tough one to pull off especially in sure. a comedy part of me thought for at least for a minute that they were trying to make some statement she died in the battle against cancer and like that there was some deeper thing going there my guess though is there she, she counted as a death because her wounds were from the bat or like because she sacrificed her body in order to do this fight and she died right before christian bale do, do you is there anything real there or am i just reading too much into uh, I think I th I think you're you are reading a little bit too much into it. I think the way I looked at it was, um, it it it's still considered a battle because they're a battling gore, right? So it's mm -hmm. her and Thor. But the she battle did, was over. Mostly. Well, yeah, but, but she sustained not... but she sustained a lot of the the hurt during that battle while so she's that also woman earlier when they said no, the battle's over. No, unless he's just but, trying to convince her to fight. Maybe but it led not... but it led to her dying. See, at least with Lady... So what happened was Lady Sif in, in the movie, um, as Thor is is learning about Gore going around killing gods and all that, uh, you know, and he goes to his friend because one of the things he saw was that Lady Sif was in trouble. She goes and she sees that she's lying in, you know, on the ground. Her arm has been completely severed. And, you know, she said she's basically, you know, ready to die an honorable death because she, you know, blah, 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 this, and she wants to go to Valhalla. 
Um, but basically Thor is like, but you're still alive. So, and the battle's already over. And she's like, oh no, you know, like then, then it's not going to work. So the way I took it was that she wasn't really dying yet. She was ready to die. And if you let her there, she, you know, I, I think eventually she would have died. Jane was already on the way to going. She was already dying, right? So, because she did fight a battle, and eventually that battle led to whatever caused her to die. Hence, she is ready to go into Valhalla because, and plus, she since she became the mighty Thor, she is considered a god. So that was another uh, reason it all okay. played together there okay, too. Okay, yeah, okay. that's okay. why when she died in Thor's arms, you see the gold dust and her evaporating and all that. If you looked at all the gods yep. who died, they all died the same way. Like that, I just died in your kissing, arms. Kissing, kissing Thor. Yes. There well, who? Three? Yeah, Can who we wouldn't want to die? Um, that's a lot of kissing scenes for such. It's 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 definitely a lot. However, I didn't mind it so much because I think I was just really happy to see Jane and Thor back together again. Mm. Because if anything, the chemistry they have is pretty. When they showed, okay, this was another part that I laughed out loud in for real. When they were showing them rollerblading for the first time like as they're hanging out as a couple i could not stop laughing with that because that is like that's the kind of comedy that that will kill me every time you know and they're like watching a, a scary movie together and he gets freaked out and like pointing mjolnir at the screen um like like that was just some of the funniest shit i've seen um, and genuine too. Like for me, it was like it. I genuine laughter from from me during that moment. So it, it was just really nice seeing them together again. It's unfortunate that we doesn't look like we're going to be getting that again anytime soon because of what happened at the end of the movie. But to answer your question, that is the way I interpreted it there at the end. There. Thank you. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, if you could bring back one character in the whole MCU. Who, Who would it be? You go to eternity. Um, all right. So if I went into if I if I was able to beat Christian Bale's gore to eternity, yeah, you know, I kind of yeah. I kind of did the mush out uh-huh. of the way. This, you know, yeah. Well, actually, that's also another thing that bothered me. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. I got one more piece of beef. I'll let you think about that. Well, <laughs> so we're in their whole mission. He's all about saving the kids. That's great, dude. Save the kids. Get him out of there. He goes, and Jane goes. Oh wait, don't forget. The whole reason we're here is to keep that guy from going into eternity. Oh, and he just went into eternity. Like, slowly, very far away, injured, if I recall. And so he's kind of, like, crawling towards eternity. And they're like, oh, yeah, that. Oh, let me say another line really quickly. And then, yeah, I guess we'll go. Oh, man, he beat us there. I don't know if it was whoever touches it first or whoever asks the question first. Like, you're playing, like, a little kid. What's home base? And, like, oh, I beat you at the race because I... But so that concept is obviously it's ridiculous. Uh, I like this movie, I promise. But there's a few things about these kind of movies where it's like it's so silly. Why would they not have been like, hey, make sure no matter what, even if like what you're gonna let you're gonna save twenty kids' lives, one of them time doll son. These kids are super duper important, but you're gonna let this guy kill all the gods and risk it on a little speech. No, it's a plot device. So Chris. Hemsworth could give this lovely little speech exactly. at the end about love, overpowering, yeah. revenge, or whatever. Yeah. So let's just pretend though it works that way, where you elbow dude and you step on him, and then you go, "Oh wait, I get a wish." Yeah. Who? But yeah. you're in the MCU. It's not in real life. I'm not asking. Sure. That's a little too deep. Yeah. We got. 
Agent Coulson. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, now I didn't watch Agents of Shield at all because it just looked like that was going to be a terrible series. Yep. I uh, but I did like that character a lot, you know. And it would have been interesting to see him being a reoccurring character in a lot of the these movies, especially like the more recent ones and all that. Um, kind of like how we see. Um, that other agent in the Ant-Man movies, um, Randall Park's uh, agent, uh, Wu. It, it's it's kind of I could only s- see it being something akin to that. So he would be, he would be my choice as to who I would revive and bring back to life. Now, Agent Coulson with the powers of eternity, just like Thor's daughter. Now, now that would be even more hilarious for me. Uh, I, I like playing this this question. Obviously, my answer would be Spider Ham, and not even that he's, but that he would just bring him into the main MCU. Uh, that's <laughs> obviously what I would want. Yeah. Um, I'm also like, it's so weird to me that you not only would you be preventing <clears throat> Christian Bale's character from making their super evil wish, yeah, you could also make your own wish and bring back, I don't know, Iron Man, Black Widow, Frigga. Your friggin' mom. Like, this should have been a much bigger priority for them than it was. Uh, I, I, of course, it's a movie thing. Um, I don't know if you if you bring back Groot, do you get two Groots now? Or I don't know how that works. Probably. Um, uh, oh, man, I have so many options. I'm just going through a list of characters who died. And there's so many. <laughs> and so many um, oh, goodness gracious. I don't know how they're going to handle... After Black Panther 2, we might know how they handle that. And that might be one right. of my answers. Right, right, um, right. But most most realistically, like, definitely Spider-Ham. That's definitely my answer, for sure. Okay. That's a good one. Uh, it, it would be... Yeah, it would be great to see a Spider-Ham-like character, a uh, version of him in the MCU. Uh, if we'll ever get it, I don't know. But if you had the wish from uh, Eternity, we, that would have already happened by now. So um, that would be Sorry. a lot of fun to say. Yeah. This is actually is worth it. I'm, I know I've been silly, but... I'm going through this list. Dude's brother, sister, mom, and dad are dead. And that's part of the whole, we talk about it a lot, but like him being lonely and his whole thing being about oh, yeah. he love. That's a sweet moment. They do spend some time on yeah. it. Dude's got a lot of, this dude could have brought back, if he said, bring back my immediate family as this little wish. And instead he was like, nah, I'm feeling, uh, God, so stupid. Okay, sorry. All right. Feel free to wrap up however. It's about, like, it's about however you see fit. love. It's about love. And okay. you know, love kissing. will keep us together. Dun, dun, dun. Kissing Jane Foster um, forever. Kissing and Jane ever. Foster. Oh no, why um, she with Hondo now? Because <laughs> I screwed up. I don't think they're gonna end up being together like that though. Because um, yeah, like I said, back Jane too. Gosh, this. Okay, now I'm so mad. Instead, he's got his well, anyway. Heimdall macking on Jane in heaven forever, and well, and his family's dead. So speaking of, uh, so okay, so let's go into, <laughs> let's carry on or move on and let's talk about the post credit scenes. Well, the movie ends in a way, basically, you know, Jane passes on, um, she floats into the ether and all that. Thor is now taking care of Gore's daughter, who also has the powers of eternity. So she's like this little, think of Jack-Jack from The Incredibles. That's kind of like somewhat similar to what she can do, at least from what we know. Uh, we just see the lasers coming out of her eyes and all that stuff. Um, and Wait, then... In this movie we saw that? 
Yeah. Oh, at the, at, in the right at the, when they're doing the when when, stuff when basically the yeah when 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 uh, Thor uh, is try, uh, eat your breakfast eat your breakfast and she like zap, tries to zap him and like die you devil whatever, um, which was really really funny, but now she is also managing and handling uh, Stormbreaker because Mjolnir is back in Thor's hands now because Jane passed away, um, and it looks like they're gonna be battling and doing adventures together like that so very very cute i'm curious to see how we're gonna see that progress and move on in future iterations of in the mcu but first post credit scene that we get we get we see that zeus is not dead and he is just uh recovering from his injury even though he's been smited through the chest there but he's amongst his hair his arm of ladies taking care of him and but he's at first i thought he was monologuing to himself you know and talking to like all the ladies next to him but then he we noticed that he is talking about his anger and how thor needs to be handled uh to somebody else and we finally get introduced to Hercules. Hercules is his son. And um, it, it looks like this is going to be a new character now within the Thor lore universe, what have you. I don't know how important this character is going to end up being in the MCU as a whole. But in the comic books, Hercules is a prominent character mm. and is actually one of the original Avengers from way back in the day. So I am curious to see how this character is going to play out in the MCU. Um, is it going to be another situation where he starts off bad but then becomes good because him and Thor become buddy-buddy and becomes like another buddy cop movie uh, with little daughter in, in, uh, in hand there. So I don't know. Okay. Um, what, did you, what did you think about that introduction and introduction to the, the new character? I have basically nothing. I don't know. Like that's the, all that the credit credit things do is are things that I forget about later, and I Google sure. after I see those characters again. I'm like, oh yeah, that were in that post credit scene. If you know yeah. the lore, those things are much more enjoyable. I'm sure. Every single time I've seen a post credit scene, I, I go, I Google it, or I ask my buddy, like, hey, is that a person? Um, mm. I knew, I know who Hercules is in normal world, sure. but I didn't. Yeah. I had no idea that he was an early Avenger type dude. So. That's interesting. Yeah. It makes me think I might be more disappointed by these because I don't like God stories. Sure. Like I'm not. I don't lean towards those, as mentioned. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's about it. Um, if Russell Crowe gets his own spinoff show where he runs for office or something, I, I would love that. That'd be great. Give me that comedy. Yeah. That's all. Like, throw in some Comedy Central. Share the wealth, Disney. That's all I got. Nice. Okay. Cool. Um, and then after the credits are said and done, we do get treated to another scene. And that's where we actually see Jane Foster, the the gorgeous Natalie Portman, like you know, appear, and she meets Hemdall. We get to see Hemdall. Uh, we haven't seen him since his untimely death at uh, during Infinity War, um, and he is basically said to her that you are now in Valhalla, and we are hanging out in Valhalla together, and all that stuff like that. And that's pretty much what it how it ends there. So it's well, nice to see. No. Well, then he says, "I have my own mule near, and I'd like to introduce you." And then he, they, then it just shows them kissing a lot, and then the credits. Right. Then it's over. Right. Yeah. And then, and then he he asks someone to kill his son on Earth so that his son can also join them up in uh, Valhalla. Nope, and Bale, it becomes I'm done. A... <laughs> nope, I can't. No, nope, I, I refuse to continue with this line of hilarity. No, thank you. 
it was great to see Handel, but it was also like during yeah. the movie interesting to see his son too because yeah. his son looks like is going to develop into a Hamda-like character. His yeah. eyes are just not in tune yet. And they actually mentioned that in the movie, that he's having problems uh, summoning the same powers yeah. as his dad. But he's a pretty kick-ass warrior. Uh, he wants to go... The, his his name is Astrid, but he wants to be called Axel because he's a huge Guns N' Roses fan. And if you didn't pick up from the trailer, Guns N' Roses is pretty much the soundtrack of this movie because there, there are a lot of GNR songs that play throughout the movie. They even mention it. Somebody goes, yeah, GNR. Um, yeah. The, the, speaking of which, you mentioned this earlier, them going younger. You have Love, Thor's little girl now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her, Heimdall's kid, so maybe they have their mm-hmm. own thing. Sure. in their own type of way like you know the the next generation stuff and then hercules also a next generation character mm-hmm. all three being pretty young i don't know how old hercules character is if you told me that that was 16 17 i'd be like yeah that sounds about right mm-hmm. i don't know that's three in one movie yeah i think you're onto something with this like obviously they're going to push younger and get you, we already know that yeah. but i'm saying like it might be a harder push than i realized before this movie okay yeah i think they're just trying to cover their bases right now because they know that people are getting older um, it might be time to for certain characters to take a back seat. Maybe the actors, actresses attached to a lot of these characters want to do some other stuff too, so they can't always be tied down to just reprising their role over and over and over again. Right. Um, so I think they're just covering their bases because this brings also back our conversation that we had before. Phase four is all over the place right now. Like I really don't know yet. And a lot of people don't know yet what direction they're going because we're being introduced to, to so many different pockets here. It's not we don't see that kind of overarching storyline that is blending all of these pockets together yet. So I think it's safe to say that moving forward, maybe there'll be like three main pockets, right? Maybe, you know, you'll have your your gods and your space universe stuff here. You'll have stuff that's on the ground here, and then you'll have another thing over here, right? And then maybe you will get crossover from these things, you know, little by little or from time to time. But we don't know yet what's happening in this phase four because if you include the TV shows, then there's so much shit happening right now, right? And there's we still don't know what that through line is. Uh, we might get it soon. We might be told more soon later uh, rather than later. I don't know. Um, but again, it's, it's you know, with the way that this post-credit scene closes out, it's nice to see Jane still around. They could use her whenever, when, they, when she's available or what have you. And Hamdahl is around. So could this mean that maybe we could see him again in another iteration? I don't know. But at least they're kicking it, you know, together out there in Valhalla, hanging out. We don't know who else is there, too. So it'll be really Mm -hmm. interesting to see if we get to uh, see Valhalla more fleshed out. Who else are they hanging out with, right? You know, it'll be really cool Iron Iron Man is also going to be dating Jane Foster. It'll be like this weird throuple. Wow. Um, And then Jane gets around. It's going to get wild, yeah. I can't wait Yeah, Jane. Yeah, Jane gets around. So that'll be the new OnlyFans-only series for Marvel. And that is Jane. (laughs) Sorry. There's something something about Jane. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, so as, as we close out this episode, um, you know, any other thoughts about Thor Love and Thunder, um, you know, closing arguments about anything? I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah. Correction. I said that Hercules was like 16 or 17. I don't know. Maybe I looked at someone else. 
I forgot. It was the Ted Lasso star. That dude is definitely not 16 or 17. No, no, so he's not no. gonna be younger. He's a next generation theoretically, but no. I'm curious. He's definitely a younger that. person. Yeah. My final thought, and maybe you wouldn't even want to speak on it, but we didn't know where we were going at this point of Phase One either. I they haven't lost me yet, and yeah. if we do a meetup movie. And if these next four or five movies are good, which the fact that I'm projecting they're going to be good means they're probably all going to flop because I'm always wrong about that of what the how the audience reception will be uh, after Top Gun. But it's possible they've got four out of five home runs coming up and then we get to have the everybody teaming up type movies more and then we'll really start to see because I don't know at what point like based on when Thanos is properly introduced and based on when we realize, oh, they're all coming together for this one big thing, that's way later in phases mm -hmm. one through three. So right now they, they got me back on their good graces a little more with this movie. In some ways yeah. I'm more skeptical um, and more curious about the future. But after a, like so many flops, this one being one I liked more, it basically just like okay I'm, I'm now stocks are up on marvel in my opinion today and mm -hmm. we'll have to see what the next couple of years hold okay yeah no I, I mean i'm still into the marvel series i'm still into the mcu you know it's fun movies they're fun movies to watch um it, if anything this proved to me more and more that it, they're also treating this like they treat the comic books you know, where you do get your little storyline here, you get your little storyline there, and then later on down the line, eventually there'll be a crossover or people will meet up. Other characters are in other people's comic books, you know, vice versa, all that stuff like that. And we're getting that a lot in these movies and TV series and everything. So I guess my whole thing is like, what is not the end game, end game, but what is going to be the next major threat? Right. Because, yeah. again, we're getting a lot of these like one shot villains and all that. We, we haven't got anyone that has been continuing with the exception with the exception of uh, Loki when we were introduced to uh, Kang there. And we don't know yet what they're doing with that character. But it, we were told that that could potentially be the next Thanos like uh, villain in, in the MCU. But like you said, we could be seeing that three years four years later down the line right so yeah. it's a lot of like more world building and more universe introductions and more character introductions so that maybe they could just build up this big roster of just they could just like handpick right i'm like all right this group here you'll do your own thing in the movies this group here you got the tv series all that stuff like yeah. that you know so um but yeah as far as the movie is concerned definitely not one of my or in my opinion, it's like Marvel's strongest. Um, I would probably give it a three out of five stars. Uh, but not saying, but three out of five for a Marvel movie is not terrible. Like yeah. in my opinion, you know, because again, I, if you compare this to probably in my opinion, the worst Marvel movie, which is Thor Dark World, yeah. um, I would give that like a two. Right. So, you know, definitely not one of the, the worst for sure. And I'm sure for other people like yourself, this will rank a lot higher. So I think for me, it just didn't really hit all the way for me. But um, again, like I say all the time, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what in the hell we think. 
What matters most is what all of you think. Very, very curious to hear your thoughts about the movie. Was there something that we didn't cover that you wanted to bring up that you found hilarious, disappointing, something in between? Let us know in the comments. Um, love to hear your thoughts about the movie and everything that we talked about. And before we sign off, Blake, where can people find you online? Go to Letterboxd, and I'm user BlakeWolfSSN, B-L-A-K-E-W-O-L-F-S-S-N, where you can see me give this movie a four-star rating out of five. Nice. Um, and as for myself, you can find Loki Geek on all the social media stuff that you see on the screen right there. Again, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the channel, hit that like button, um, and also follow uh, if you're an audio listener to the Loki Geek uh, channel there on your podcast platform of choice. And if it prompts you, leave a nice rating and say something nice about uh, our, our little stuff that we do there. But I'm Renee. This is Blake. This has been Movie Time. Stay cool, stay classy, stay safe, and we'll catch you all next week. All right. Peace out, everyone.